Hi, this is Dan Corver, uh, pastor here at Dalton Hill Baptist Church. <clears throat> we're a small Baptist church located in Owasso, Oklahoma. We're small enough to know you, but we're big enough to serve you and for you to serve as well. Our vision is to rescue, restore, and return to service. Rescue a non-believer or a believer who has been hurt or is lost. Restoring them to Christ in fellowship with other believers with the desire that they in turn will help others along their way. Since I did the inspiration and uh, sang, I guess I don't have to do the message. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to, uh, we'll skip 20, I guess, so we're already seated. Uh, being Mother's Day, obviously, the, it's normally the third highest attended uh, service uh, outside of Easter and Christmas. So, and, uh, and I understand it. Uh, you know, we've been celebrating it a long time. You just heard the Heath Brothers uh, sing their song in the testimony. And I think it's interesting. Uh, it'd be very hard for some, uh, obviously, on Mother's Day. Uh, Gene and I didn't go to church some of the time on Mother's Day because uh, for 10 years when you're wanting a child and you can't have a Mother's Day or Father's Day, is pretty tough. Uh, so at the same time, when we do it, we don't want to be... Uh, putting any pain or hurt on somebody either. At the same time, like you said, some of you didn't have the mother of the upbringing that you like. But at the same time, I think we have, can have spiritual moms. We have a lot of things we can learn from moms. And so if we're looking at it, I'd like for us to you know, think about that as we go out and admire them. So one is this, the spiritual moms. We want to look a little bit on spiritual moms first. And look over in Romans chapter 16. He might not have even thought of this. Uh, Romans 16, which you also, if you have Romans 15, uh, Mark 15, 21, you'll know a little bit more about it. But in uh, Romans, when Paul's writing it, the reason he includes all the names at the end of the book of Romans, in part, if Paul is the, the, uh, the apostle to the Gentiles, what's the capital of the Gentile world at this time? Rome. So why haven't you been there? You know? And so part of it was Paul was remember going where nobody else had gone and people had been to Rome. And so he's sending a lot of greetings. But notice how much you think of this greeting that you have. It's a choice, first of all, talking about a spiritual mom, it's a choice. Notice in verse 13 it says, Greet Rufus, a choice man of the Lord, also his mother and mine. How do we know the guy by the name of Rufus? He's mentioned one other time in Scripture. Where is it mentioned? He's there the cross. Mark chapter 15, 21. Simon of Cyrene pressed into service to carry the cross. Cyrene is where? Africa. Okay, North Africa, a large Jewish community in North Africa. And he was the parent. He's the father of Rufus and Alexander. So when it says this, obviously... Notice the mother, she's now in Rome, it's a choice. Notice it says, your mother and mine. She chose to be a spiritual mom to other people. How, where she had ever met Paul and where she was a mom to him, we don't know. So she was in Africa, they come for the, uh, cruci- you know, when Christ was crucified, uh, obviously came to know Christ and accepted him as the Messiah. And then we find him with Paul and now we find him in Rome. But it's a choice. And thinking about making it, and how many of you like to be a Christian living in Rome during this time? Yeah, not exactly the place I'd want to be the furthest way away from Rome. But first of all, it's a choice. 
Look over also as a spiritual mind, looks also at cost. Look over in Galatians chapter 4. For a moment. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 19. Paul writes to Galatians, uh, which is obviously Greece. And notice when he writes it in verse 19 of chapter 4. My children with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Ladies, how do you want to go through labor for your child again? You think about it, he's using that analogy and leading them to Christ. You're in, you're in labor, you're working. It's obviously painful, it's also uh, everything else. But notice he's also, not only after they came to know Christ, he's now in labor working hard because they're getting sidetracked and being misled. And he's working hard, like being in labor again for them. It's a choice. How many of you just want to go through that as a spiritual mom to help people? Not only to bring them into salvation, but then also to help steer them along the way. Choosing is a cost. And uh, I'll never forget when poor Will was born, we went to the Lamaze classes and they were teaching Jane and I. It's, I remember saying, it's no pain, just slight discomfort. That was the biggest lie I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I wouldn't, but I could tell that it wasn't any good. Notice also, then also, when talking about the spiritual minds, then you have the it's a choice, obviously, to get involved. It's also it's going to cost us something. Going into labor again, one time, two times, whatever. It's a choice. A lot of times we choose not to, but again, Paul chose to. But then also it's caring. Look over in First Thessalonians, talking about a spiritual mom, and I think it's uh, First Thessalonians chapter two, and Paul's writing to Thessalonica again. This would be a part of Greece, different part than Galatia, but it's another church. Chapter two, and notice in verse seven when he's talking about he doesn't come with speech and fancy words and things, but notice how he does come in verse seven of chapter two. We prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having thus a fond affection for you, you were, we were willing to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, our working night and day so as not to be a burden to you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. His mom, you know, when you think about it, mom never really gets a day off when you got little ones. It's always working, always something to do. Um, last night I was, Will wanted to get Casey something for Mother's Day. Casey was working at the hospital. So I was over there helping a little bit while he went to go get a gift. Sure enough, she's been, his, uh, you nurses, which by the way, we had nurses week, I think, they, and teacher week. Why are we doing both in the same week? I don't know. But I think we all, a round of applause. We have a lot of teach, uh, teachers here, but we also have a lot of uh, nurses here. You think about it. So, when you, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, in case he got in, got in about 8, 15, 8 30, what happens? Here come the kids. <laughs> you know, you just left working. 
And now what do you have? And now you got all the kids you got work. You think about it, Paul chose to do that night and day. He was working physically, but then he, to su support himself, and then he works afterward spiritually to help them. It's a choice that he makes. I think it's interesting when you look at it. Uh, so the question on spiritual moms, do you desire to have an impact on another person's life? If you do, it's going to cost you something. Or just like with the mom, it's going to cost you something. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be sleepless nights. It's going to cost you something in your pocketbook, possibly. But the rewards are so great. Look at the eternal rewards. Do you remember we, uh, this is just a side note, you remember I mentioned last week, I've given that book out to Life, God Rewards, and given it to John. And he comes to me Monday, and he said to me, because uh, I asked, you know, uh, the ladies were talking about doing it in their Bible study or whatever G wanted to look at it, so I asked if he'd bring it back, and he was finished with it. He brought it back, and he said, Boy, I wasn't thinking too nice about you Friday. <laughs> Why? He said, uh, Well, I read the book and everything else, and, you know, I really wanted to, to have more into my life than just what I'm doing here, stuff for the Lord. He said, So I just got through working a 12 hour shift. I was putting a rear end back together in my car when I got home. Driving by, I see a guy on the side of the road and he's hungry. He said, normally I just say, go work, you know, do like I do. He said, the Lord just said, hey, you know, you need to go buy him a hamburger. So he pulls in and he was going to give him a little hamburger and he said, no, no. So he bought him the most expensive thing on the menu. Drives back around, gives it to him and kind of drove around the corner to see what happened to the guy. He said it was just a bar and he said he really was hot and tired. He gets home to go work on his car. A neighbor comes across the street, a single mom, has no air conditioning or anything, flat tire. Well, what would Jesus want him to do? So he goes and fixes the tire. And then a neighbor comes over and tore the front end of his car up and said, can you fix? <laughs> You know, John, will you get the parts and I'll fix it? How much? I'll do it for free. And he's thinking, man, I really want to be serving the Lord. <laughs> but I think it's important when we, when we choose to serve the Lord, he'll, he'll try us and He'll test us, but the reward is so great. So it's, it's neat to see somebody take it. So here you have the spiritual moms, but we also have uh, some great characteristics that we have with moms. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we know the story of Hannah. Let's look at it for a moment. 1 Samuel chapter 1. You notice that there in verse 10, they're at the, uh, in Eli sees her in chapter 1, verse 10. And uh, she's praying, and she makes a vow, O Lord, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant, and remember me, and not forgive thy maidservant, but will give thy maidservant a son, then I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall not come on his head. It came about as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli, watching the mouth, as for Hannah, was speaking in her heart, only her lips were moving. But her voice was not heard, so Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. And answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. I have poured out my heart, my soul to the Lord. 
Don't consider your maidservant as a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now of concern, great concern and provocation. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace. May the Lord God of Israel grant you a petition that you have asked of me. She said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate. Her face was no longer sad. Now once you look at that, obviously she's a prayer warrior. She turns it over to the Lord and what happens to her face? And what happens to you and I? We pray. We turn it over to the Lord. Do we know what the answer is going to be? No. Paul in 2 Corinthians asked the Lord, take this thorn from me. Well, God said no. And what did Paul do? Okay. Okay. Christ asked on the cross in Luke 22, take this cup from me. And I wasn't the Lord's opposite of God's will, or else he wouldn't have died on the cross. But when I notice it, prayer warrior, he's a prayer warrior. How many of us, we already heard in different ones with prayer warriors? And it's kind of a stop and think about it. How often or how earnest are my prayers? Do I leave it at him and does it show? One of the best things we can do, really, when we really turn things over to the Lord and we leave it with Him, our countenance should be able to change. Uh, heard a song this morning, many of you have heard it uh, by Randy Travis coming in, uh, When Mama Prays. You've heard that song probably. If you haven't, it's a good song to listen to. Uh, when Mama Prays, and basically he was a wayward son and said when he came in and heard Mama pray, he knew he was in trouble. He said, my days are short-lived. I'm going to have to change. Mama's praying for me. And obviously, uh, but again, I think it's important. I'm a prayer warrior. In fact, for most of us now, for grandkids or our kids, that's what we have. We can't uh, physically do things to uh, make them do whatever we like. It's our prayer life. Another one besides prayer is uh, you look in verse 24. Remember, she said she was going to give him over to the Lord. And in verse 24, after she'd weaned him, she brings him to Eli just as she had promised. And then she then tells him in verse 26, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I pray, the Lord has given me my petition which I asked of him. So I have also dedicated to the Lord. As long as he lives, he's dedicated to the Lord. And worship the Lord there. All of us are keeping our word. You stop and think about it. It would be roughly two to three years of age. So here it says three years of age. So I'm thinking, Neil, I'd be Caleb, my grandson. How easy would it be once you get him and then say, well, all right, and go back on your word? They're communicating, they're doing all kinds of things with you, you have a lot of fun with you, and all of a sudden you're then going to turn him over to the temple and you only get to see him a few times a year. But is that what you told the Lord you would do? So I think it's important to be a woman of your word or for or any of us to be a, a person of our word. Uh, and that can going to cost you at times. Isn't it? It's going to cost you. And so I think uh, you look at it, The uh, what does it cost you? Any, any mom... It's cost you a great deal. There's no question about it. It's also look besides the prayer warrior, woman of the word. Uh, notice in chapter two, every time she comes in verse uh, 18, 
she would bring him. Notice in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 2, now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephah. And his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him year to year when she would come with her husband to offer a yearly sacrifice. She saw a need. Each year, obviously, was growing. She'd bring something to him every year. That'd be tough with it every year to come sing, bring it to him, and leave. But again, I think it's interesting when you, uh, Mother Sees a Need, uh, probably a song we all have heard many times on the radio, especially I heard it today coming in when Dolly Parton sings the one about the, mother, uh, the uh, coat of many colors. Her mother makes it out of rags, so she'd have a coat, takes what she has and fixes it. And I think uh, mothers do that. When they see a need, they do their best to meet it. And what about you and I? Do we see a need and what do we do? Where do you go to? That's usually our tendency, isn't it? But you see a need and you meet it. In fact, I think, why is it that so the women so often are doing all the teaching in the home or in church? Did they, did they feel trained? No. There's a need in what happened. And they do it. They trust the Lord. And they get the help that they can. And they go do it. And I think it's very important you and I need to do the same thing. We see a need. We do our best to meet the need. So notice then, uh, great moms are prayer warriors. They're women, uh, women of the Word. They meet needs. Uh, not to turn to it, but you remember in Matthew chapter 20, you remember when uh, James and... Uh, John's mother, sons of Zebedee, come to her, and what did they ask Jesus? Can my, can you, hey, I want my sons to sit on your right and on your left. Mother wants what's best for their kids. If you remember, Jesus said, what? Are they willing to drink this cup? And they both said yes. What cup would that be? And you remember, he said they will. And I want you to think about it because they did drink the cup just before, uh, talking about when they, uh, and understood it when they had the crucifixion and so on. They knew. Now, how would you like it if it was told to you, you will drink of the cup and then you see what that cup is and what it could cost? I would wish to be willing to do it. But again, I think it's interesting when you. We want what's best for our kids, but I think the most important thing is what does God want? We want what God wants. And I think it was interesting when Jesus' answer was, that's not for mine to give. And I think it's important for us to do the same. But you stop and think about it. What do we want most for our kids and our grandkids? What do we want most? Uh, kids are wanting to please. I think it's important what are we showing them that we want. And I think they're going to strive in a lot of things to try to please us. So what are we trying to get them to do? All right, another one I think you have is uh, in Matthew 23 in verse 37. You remember Jesus is speaking. And if you remember, He says to Israel that He would gather them like a hen does her chicks. We stop and think about that if the desire to protect and to repair. If you want to uh, 
see different sides of people just get mama mad, right? Or get Papa Bear mad or whatever it is. You know, you can get the different ones. You can pick on them, but you pick on their kid or their grandkid and see what happens. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to find a different side. Uh, and so I think it's interesting. We notice Jesus wanted to protect and he also wanted to repair. And I think it's important how well are we preparing? Just like in that, they were preparing. It happened to me uh, Thursday. New guy at work, and I was trying to show him stuff around, and he obviously hasn't been out in the uh, country, should I say, very much. Well, there's 800 acres on one side, 400 on the other where we work, and there's a kill deer. How do we know what a kill deer is? Okay, and where do they, you only see them certain times in the year, but where do they put their nests? On the ground, and we have a lot of uh, just gravel, and they always put it on the gravel. That's a bird. It? Yeah, it's a bird. And it has the nest will be out on the ground and the rock it uses to help uh, heat it. But if you start getting close to the nest, which we are walking toward it, they will puff all up and then they'll, they'll like to have a broken wing and they'll run away trying to get you to go after them to take you away from them. And he didn't know what in the world was going on. Uh, and so I was trying to tell him what, the, you know, there's a nest. If you look close, you'll see the nest and she's trying to leads you away from the nest and she's trying to protect and she puffs all up making herself look like she's really something uh, uh, but she's doing what she can but how many of us how well are we protecting and preparing our kids and i think what happens we the world in we you would agree it is a very difficult world to be in they need more preparation and everything else than ever before that's one of the reasons why we have the children's group and have all this stuff to try to prepare. And while we have it, so stop and you think about it. Do we really want to uh, prepare them and how well we're doing? Because we can get so busy providing for them, but they're only here for X number of years and they're on their own. Then, how well are they prepared to meet what they're going to face? And so I think the animal world does such a much better job. Uh, preparing, uh, we had uh, a fox at the refinery and had three little ones, and it was great watching the Can the Canadian geese come out and watch the fox stalk and watch the little ones get behind the mama and start learning how to stalk them. The little one, the goose would have torn them apart, but they were learning how to do it. And I think it's important. How well are we preparing our family? Another one you have, I think it's interesting, is that of a mother's there during the most trying times. What would be the most trying time in Christ's life? Was the crucifixion? Was Mary there? He's talking, and she was told ahead of time this was going to happen, but it doesn't make it any easier. She was there during the most trying time. She was also there when she was going to the tip. Very, very difficult times when she was there. And I think it's interesting. Uh, I know Bob was talking about her on the radio too this morning. The one on Jimmy Dean. He writes the, the one about the debt I owe to mom. And he starts writing all these things mom has done. And at the end, there's no way he could ever pay her for all <coughs> the different things that she's done. If you haven't heard it, it's a great rendition that he has. And he said, in fact, if I uh, gave her the. Uh, 
she would just say paid in full. She wouldn't even worry about wanting to collect. But I think it's important for all of us to recognize a spiritual mom or a physical mom or someone who's stepped up or whatever it might be. But you and I can do the same thing. As, are we there during the most trying times? Because what happens is during the most trying times, that's when they need us the most. Over in Proverbs 31.1, you also have another one. And you obviously, we know about the latter half of the uh, chapter talking about the, the uh, godly wife, but chapter 31 also tells us something else I think is important. Notice the verse 1. The oracles of which who taught it? Mother. Spiritual teaching. I think it's interesting when you look at so many great men and uh, women in history, how important was their mother? You saw the one up here that Shelley had up there about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, two of the, one of the great uh, uh, families you have in English history. What about the Wesleys? Charles Wesley, John Wesley. And they give credit to their mom. What was her name? Susanna. Okay, you think about it. It's amazing how many different ones that you hear and how important that the mothers have in all our lives. But they're a spiritual teacher. And you can also get it by doing it here. We see, so often we think of uh, whether it be Cleo or Danny or Michelle or anybody teaching the children. Uh, Bonnie's doing it, uh, Sean has done it. Just how important we that is. Uh, and it's, uh, if you remember, for most of you are like me growing up, you had Sunday school, you had training hour, you had Wednesday night, you were at church so much more than we are today. Why is it that we know our Bibles better than most of the young people today? We were taught at home, but we were also at church a whole lot more. And it's not that the parents are working more outside the home. We have a lot more activities that we're doing outside the home. And so I think it's more, you know what, you can, have, you can do it at home, but Deuteronomy 6, we're told to do it early. Fathers and mothers. When they're standing up, when they're sitting down, that's some of the best teaching you're going to ever do is when you're out doing things. And they're going to see how you respond, and they'll respond very similarly. So you think about it. In fact, I think Don would probably agree with me. His mom was quite a spiritual teacher, wasn't she? Uh, and she would always come. Uh, we went to church together, and she taught for a long, long time. But if she had a question, she'd always come up. She always would have a question. Never wanted to stop learning. At it, and, you know, 60-something years of age teaching, and she'd come across something, and she'd come up to ask, now, what do you think about this passage? What do you think about that how of us are willing to continually try to learn and then also impart it to If you wait till you know it all, you'll never teach or never do anything. Uh, I'm sure your mother's felt totally prepared for motherhood. And after your mother left, if she was there, you probably felt even more overwhelmed. Another one you have, I think it's interesting, on the uh, talking about the great characteristics of mothers would be in Luke chapter 1, which we looked at a couple times last year, the year before, we just out of Mary. What about altered plans? What was Mary's plan? She was going to marry Joseph, right? Have children and live happily ever after. 
Christ. And God have a different plan. You know, hail all chosen one, and you're going... Did that change your life? I mean, it changed it drastically. And she... How many of us would say, okay, Lord, just like she did, I'm your servant. Even though from this point forward, her reputation in the community was what? That you have an illegitimate son. And everywhere you go, they, they, they accuse me. You find in Scripture, they accuse her and Joseph of that all the way through. What happens when God changes our plans? Have any of you ever had God not change your plans? That's why He says, My ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And He is the potter, and I am one. And most of us want to switch roles. And we want to tell Him what we will do, what we won't do. And so, on. And so I think it's interesting, the altered plans, how well do we accept when God changes plans? And uh, He will change them at different times. Things will happen in your life, and God knew it ahead of time. So besides just being spiritual moms, you also have characteristics of great moms. What about characteristics of great kids? All of you are kids, you know. Somebody. Ephesians 6 and verse 1 says to honor and to what? Obey. How well are we honoring our parents? Whether it be you know whether they're living or they're not, but how well are we honoring them? You have in Proverbs ten and also in Proverbs fifteen, the wise listen and do what they're told to do. How well do we listen and follow instruction? It's amazing, and uh, even talking to a guy at work this last week, he made the exact same statement. My parents really got smart when I went to college. They must have gone to college too. He said, boy, my parents really got smart when after I went off to college. I mean, I came back or to military or whatever. Man, they really got smart. Uh, we started facing a lot of difficulties that we didn't have the answers to. And then all of a sudden, we not only would ask, but we, they might even actually start listening. So I think it's important. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom that's involved there. But at the same time, when we give wisdom, usually our wisdom is based on our experience. And we need to make sure that we're allowing the Holy Spirit because our experience may not be what God is wanting them to do. Third one, I think, besides is that of in Proverbs uh, 23 and uh, 22, remember, it says they, to take care of her in her old age. How well do we take care of her? So I think it's important, you know, to, to think. And it's, you know, we live in a society that's very, it's, it's more difficult to do that in a lot of ways. Because of the fact that when you're in an agricultural society and everybody's very close together and everybody lives in, within walking distance, wherever it might be, versus today, you're all over the country. But we still, we have a lot of other things that we can do that can make us right there to help. Uh, we also have to be, uh, the last one, I think, and let's just look at this last one because this one really uh, speaks to my heart. Look over in third, third John. Third 
Now, third John, notice in verse four. Uh, be one. We'll go to verse three and we'll start there. Verse three. I was very glad when brethren came and bore witness to your truth, that is, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than to, to hear my children walking in truth. I think that's what would be the the statement that I think most parents would say is their greatest joy. And notice it wasn't coming from their kids. Other people were saying that about their kids. Obviously, some spiritual kids, but we're still our physical kids or our spiritual kids. No greater joy. Because you can make a living doing all kinds of things. There is no greater joy than seeing your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids walking and serving the Lord. And they can do that whether they're running a back truck or whether they're teaching school or a nurse or whatever it might be. And so I think about it, we have great moms, we have great spiritual moms, as well as physical moms. But we can likewise learn a lot from them. So let me ask you some questions. Do you desire to have an impact on somebody else's life? And then if you do, are you willing to be 24-7, 365 days a year? Because it will take that much. <coughs> I think what happens, you can't just all of a sudden do it for a little while leave. How long, or how can I honor remember my mom today? He said, well, she's gone. It doesn't matter. You can honor her today even if she's gone. By how you're living, how you're walking with the Lord, what she have to say. What one or two characteristics or qualities of your mom do you desire most in your life? How can you develop it? And how can you show and teach somebody else? One of the best ways you know if you know something is try to teach and show somebody else. It's amazing. You think you understand how to do something until you go out, oh yeah, I've got it. I'll take this apart and you start taking it apart and what happens. There's parts everywhere or they put it back together. Or I just got a more given to Mike and the person is supposedly rebuilt the transmission and it ran one time didn't run, take it to the mechanic somebody took this apart not all they put it back together right and some of the parts aren't, are missing well that's kind of hard for it to run when you don't have all the parts so I think it's important what about this one are you a praying, serving, and teaching mom? Spiritual. And I think it's important for all of us. What type of person we admire them, then are we trying to become like them? Because you'll become like the people you associate with if you allow yourself to be. We'd love for you to come and visit with us and fellowship with us. We're located at 8263 North Owasso Expressway, which is on the east side of Highway 169 North, between 76th and 86th Street North. We have coffee and fellowship from 8.30 to 9 Sundays, followed by Sunday school for all ages from 9 to 9.45, and our Sunday morning worship service is from 10 to 11. We likewise have a Wednesday night service for all ages from 7 to 8.
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all the time.